Well, let's get into some Word today. What do you say? If you have a Bible or a Bible application, then go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. If you're new with us, not sure about the Bible or what or who Samuel is, <laughs> uh, you're okay. We not everyone here uh, knew what they knew who Samuel was before uh, before they came too. So uh, maybe you still don't know who Samuel is, but Samuel was a prophet of God who wrote uh, some things down for our benefit. Uh, I started a series couple of weeks ago called Honor Due. And our basis for this teaching is 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. It reads, Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So it appears to me that whether we are honored by God or lightly esteemed by the Lord is up to us. It's not just His choice, it's whether I choose to show Him honor. That will come back to me and reflect on me, and He honors honorable people, right? And, and, and I read this, and I don't want to be dishonorable. I don't want to be made light of. Do you? <laughs> Let me remind you of the New Century Version. It, it, it tells us, but I will dishonor those who ignore me. Or is anybody today ignoring God? You're not answering for yourself right now. It's kind of just like on the planet. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> In the world, is anybody ignoring God? Yes. Yeah. Does, does that help them? They're just free, aren't they? Just free from God's honor. Free from being honored. Uh, and then the God's Word translation reads, those who despise me will be considered insignificant. That is, I think, the condition of a large part of the planet. They live insignificant lives. What does that mean? They have no concept of what really matters. They are not spending their time and energy and thoughts and money and putting themselves into anything that has eternal value. It's all temporary. It's all just here for a minute. And, and that is, uh, they're missing out on some really good blessings in their life. But they are, you know, forgettable. That, that sounds, it almost sounds harsh, but I can make my life forgettable where it doesn't really matter. It's not really significant. It's not really important in the big scheme of things. Or I can choose to honor the Lord and make whatever He says, all that He's involved with, top shelf, high priority. If I'll do that, then all the resources of heaven start being directed my way. Those who honor the Lord get heaven's attention. Amen. And so we should be ready and be prepared for eternity. I'll remind you of, of Romans 13, 7, which uses the language uh, that I put in the title. It, it, it reads, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, 
Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So we see that the issue of honor is a matter of duty. All right. If I don't pay my taxes, I owe my taxes. If I don't show honor, then I owe honor. And lots of people, I think, are behind. They're, they're months, maybe years behind in honor due. And that's why we want to get up to speed so we don't get behind and, and become in, in honor debt. And, uh, but when we, we, we see how important this is, we see that not showing honor will cost us honor. And that, that is an issue that has a real natural outworking, okay? When someone is honorable, another way to say that is they are important, they're weighty, they, they matter, they, they carry a great significance, okay? The opposite would be some of the statements we've already made. But when someone is really important, uh, they get help, they get resourced, they get attention, Okay, if you're having a guest over maybe someone of great importance, someone of high honor and high esteem, how many know before they come, uh, you're getting ready? You're preparing for their arrival because they're important to you, right? You're, you're getting some, you're figuring out where they're going to stay and what they're going to eat and anything extra that you could do for them. You're really preparing because, hey, so-and-so is coming over. Let's get things ready. If they're not really important, you know, the house stays dirty. <laughs> you run to Taco Bell for food. You know, you just, everything's kind of last minute. We'll do whatever's necessary. Uh, but when they're a person of honor, they get extra attention. All right? Now, obviously, that's, that, that tells us how we are to treat the Lord. But it also shows us, because remember, we honor him, he honors us. So when a person is an individual of honor, they attract heaven's resources. In other words, I think I can picture the Lord saying to the guys, you know, the angels and, you know, his ministering spirits, hey, make sure that person over there, make sure they've got enough money, make, make sure they've got enough people around them, some help, some people that'll help them uh, in their life. Make sure you open up some opportunities, some doors, give them some, some advantages in this life because they really value what I value. They, the, the things of heaven, the things of my kingdom, they're top priority with them, so make sure they have whatever they need. Everybody with me? All right, opportunities, angels come. We're just resourced. That's God honoring us. It's him saying that person's life is a very big deal. Do not let some drunk hit them, you know, on the road. Angels, you make sure that doesn't happen because I need that person. It's a life of honor. It's a life of, of significance. It's a life that attracts the blessings and favor of God. You know, we might ask, it, it sounds a little bit strong, but are, are, are you even needed here on earth? <laughs> Or could you move on to heaven and, and everyone would be okay with it? Hallelujah. <laughs> what, what I mean by that is, I'm asking, do we add, do we personally add value to other people's lives? Or are we more just kind of taking? Everyone's having to wait on us 
and we're not adding value. And there can be many ways that that is made manifest. But when someone, their life is about helping, lifting, encouraging, adding value to someone else's life, well, when you're in trouble, everybody comes to your aid. I think that's a God thing. It really is. And so I want to make my life of value. I, I, I want to act in such a way towards people around me and definitely towards the kingdom of God to where, uh, you know, people are rooting for me to stay a while. As opposed to, hey, we'll see you in heaven. Uh, if you would turn to another location today, uh, the book of 2 Timothy. So way over to the other side of the Bible. 2 Timothy and chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. And notice what Paul wrote here. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, his son in the faith. Verse 20, 2 Timothy 2.20, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So, so notice the connection here between an honorable vessel and a useful vessel. Say, well, God just uses whoever he wants. Well, 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 slow down on that. God uses honorable vessels. Honorable people are useful to him. Dishonorable people, they're not usable. They have made themselves unusable. Now, now someone might say, yeah, I see there's both honorable and dishonorable, and I'm, the, I'm, the Lord just made me a dishonorable vessel. Well, no, he didn't. Th this scripture actually is not referencing being forgiven or being saved. Because how many know, he, he uses the language here, this person should, should uh, cleanse himself. If anyone cleanses Himself. I mean, no, that's not how you get saved. You don't get saved by cleansing yourself. Right? Otherwise, Jesus is unnecessary. If that were the message, then, then God would just not say God so loved the world that he sent his only son. It, it, the message would be God so loved the world that he told everyone to fix themselves. But that was impossible, so he sent his son in our place. We're not saved by cleansing ourselves. So this is not talking about someone getting their life right with God. It's talking to saved people, and some of them are more useful to God than others. So he says to the person, if you want to be a vessel of honor, you cleanse yourself. From what? From dishonor. From iniquity, from wrongdoing. You cleanse yourself. It's not talking about forgiveness. It's talking about saying, I'm going to be separate from that. I'm, going to, I'm not going to live that way, think that way, act that way, be that way. I choose to be useful to God. I'm going to honor Him in all my ways. And in doing so, we make ourselves useful to Him. All right? If, if I don't make God's business priority, He may move on to someone else. I say He may, He will. I don't mean he, was, he does at first opportunity. I think he's so merciful beyond you know, what we realize. He's merciful and gracious and gives people time. But if he, you know, if he asks someone to do something, would you do this? 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 I don't know how many times it takes when he goes, okay, would you do this? <laughs> you know, he's going to get his stuff done. 
The will of God will be accomplished. Whether you're involved is a whole other question. Whether I'm a part of it is a whole other question. Amen. And so we make choices so we can be a part of God's master plan and be a part of all that He wants to do. Um, but this has to do with us separating ourselves from iniquity. It's, it's kind of like uh, many of you probably have some dishes at your home that you roll out on special occasions, right? The good china. Maybe you used it on Thanksgiving, Christmas, other special occasions. You bring out the good stuff. That kind of seems to be what he's talking about here in a great house. You got some of this common use stuff and you got the extra special things. In God's kingdom, he, has, he uses the good china for his purposes, for his eternal purposes. And, and, and when it comes to us, sometimes we've made ourselves a paper plate, right? He has high use, but hey, you know, you know we're not having pizza tonight. <laughs> we're, and pizza's from God, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to bring any confusion here. Uh, but this is not a picnic. We're talking God's eternal purposes. So he wants to use what's good, what's quality, what's honorable. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, we have made ourselves almost like one-time use, use and throw away. <laughs> like the paper plate at the picnic. And, but we can modify our behavior and how we think and how we act in such a way where God says, I have something important to do. And so let's use the honorable vessels. And I believe everything that he is doing is honorable. It's always time for the China, right? I was thinking of different individuals I've worked with or tried to work with over, over many years, people who have made themselves unusable. I thought, you know, it's, they just harmed themselves. I'm thinking of one guy, he had a real, real skill, real gift in an area, and he came to me and said, I could, I could do this in the church. And it seemed good, and I thought this would be great. This would be a, a, something we're not doing. We probably won't do unless we have someone to do it. And he was making himself available for that. And so I said, yeah, I think that would be great. Let's, let's do that. And then he would be there sometimes and other times not. He would show up for that task sometimes, and other times it'd be, hey, where's so-and-so? He made himself unusable. We couldn't use him. When I say us, God couldn't use him. Ultimately, what that, what that means. There was another guy that he had a real gift to teach and had gifts of healings and he would help people in, in that area. I can see, man, there's really something here. You've really got some ability here. But this person you know, they would do really well, and then they'd speak about the leadership of the church in a disrespectful, dishonoring way at times. I thought, ah, man, you can't do that. And this person made themselves unuseful. Unuseful, though they were gifted, though they had some skills. There was another guy. I'm thinking he had, I believe, a five-fold ministry calling on his life evident fruit. There was obviously a gift from God there. And this person would, would in his dealings with people, um, would never follow through, or, or I shouldn't say never, but often not follow through on his word. He wouldn't do what he said he would do. 
He would tell someone, that's called a promise, he would tell someone something and then just not follow through on it. I thought, yikes, you know, this guy also made himself unusable, even though there was some real, genuine God elements working in his life. Paul talked about himself in 1 Corinthians 9, and he was obviously gifted, called, had a dynamic and massive calling on his life, and he spoke about himself and said, if I don't discipline myself, specifically his body, if I don't dis discipline myself, he said, even though I preach to others, I'll be disqualified. He said, I can do this to myself. Someone might say, no, Paul, the gift and calling of God is irrevocable. And he would say, yeah, I'm the one who wrote that. <laughs> By inspiration of the Lord, he knew that. And yet he still said, even with a call that could not be revoked, he said, I could make myself unusable to God. I could, make, I could disqualify myself from fulfilling what God designed me to do. He said, I must deal with my own body. And how many know we all have to deal with that? Anybody in here have a body? Doesn't always, doesn't always want to do the right thing? Doesn't always act appropriately? And so uh, uh, these are things that, that can happen. I, I, what I've seen, what I've observed and probably experienced is that sometimes we don't take these matters seriously until it becomes uh, life or death or it becomes a breaking point where we're really going to lose out on something. And, you know, it's like this. The, the, the doctor says to, to someone, man, you have got to lose weight or you're going to die. Your heart can't handle this anymore. And so then at that point, Someone, oftentimes they'll change their diet and exercise and do all these things, but they waited until it was that serious. And some people don't get that warning, right? <laughs> there's, this, there's this guy that, that must live near where we do, and sometimes I'm driving by and I see him out for a run. And it's not, but it's interesting. I mean, he does, he's not really running. Uh, he's really big. And he runs in such a way, but you look at his steps, he's not really running, but he kind of has the motions of running. And, and, uh, and I, I, you know, I applaud the guy, but my thought has always been, that guy got a bad report that you do something now or this is your last chance because he doesn't look like a lifetime runner. He looks like someone who waited, 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 put it off, put it off, put it off until he said, you're going to die, and now he's out there. Which, again, I applaud. At least he's doing something now and good for him. But I think, he's not really running. Do you think you're running? <laughs> and, uh, and maybe he'll get there. And, uh, and, and that, that would be great. But it, it's, it's that. It's, it's, the, you know, it's the person who hears. It's the spouse, the married couple, and one of them leaves. And they say, uh, you know, I, I no longer believe you when you say I'll never do that again. And they say, I'm out of here. And it takes that serious threat of losing the family before that person will grab a hold of their flesh and their emotions and grab a hold of their lives and say, I better make some serious changes. I'm about to lose everything that's important to me. You know, ideally, we don't get to that point. Ideally, we don't run our heart into the ground. Ideally, we don't treat people around us uh, 
in, in such a way where we drive them away. We make things important way before it comes to that. And I think we can all do that. We can do that by choice, by commitment, by faith in God. We can say, I'm going to make heavy in my life the things that you say are heavy, are significant, are important. Amen. Now, there's a guy in the Bible on the honorable side of this. There's many honorable people. Uh, one of them is very well known as, as uh, King David. All right, David, the son of Jesse. He was an honorable man. He is referred to by the Lord as a man after God's own heart. And after uh, Saul, as the first king of Israel, went astray and went awry, the Lord started talking about a person that was going to replace him. And in, there's two scriptures. One of them is 1 Samuel 13, 14. It reads, but now your kingdom shall not continue. That's speaking to Saul. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So, so what's the Lord saying? I've got a real big job, a very important position. I need someone who thinks like I do. I need someone who is like me to lead my people. Saul, you're out David, he's coming in. And it was some time before he actually took the throne. In Acts 13, it references this in verse 22. And when he had removed him, Saul again, he raised up for them David as king, to whom he also gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Now, now think about how the Lord defines a man after his own heart. Who is that? The one who does all his will. See, that's honor in God's kingdom. If you want to be a person after God's heart, what's important to you? God's will. I'm going to do what he wants done. So David had this working in him. He had this value in him. The will of God is more important than anything else. The will of God matters. It was evidence when we look at his life, some of the things he did, and when we look at his writings, you know, David wrote quite a few of the Psalms in the book of Psalms. And when you read those, you can find out what was important to him. One of the things that, st that stands out to me is that this phrase he used, the house of the Lord. Not the house of me. Not, not David saying, my house is a good house. I got a great house. He would repeatedly make reference to the house of the Lord. In other words, what God was about, David said, that's important to me. This is a guy after God's own heart. Okay, listen to these verses. Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now dwell in my own house. It's his house that I'm all about. See, God knew this about him. Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Remember, I did a series on this recently. One thing, he said, one thing, this is what I'm living for, is what I'm going for. I just want, I just want to dwell in the house of God, the house of the Lord. 
Psalm 122, verse 1, he, he writes, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many know David wasn't saying, oh, it's Sunday morning. Uh, is it church day again? Do we have to go? No, just the opposite. He's saying, I heard we were having church today. We get to go to the house of the Lord. Come on. And he's genuinely thrilled about it. From his heart, it brings gladness to him. Who? It brings gladness to the man after God's own heart. To a man of honor. The Lord said, I'm choosing him because he thinks like me. He is happy to gather. He's happy to do my business. He's glad to be about what I'm doing in the earth. That heart needs to be our heart if we're going to honor God. I don't honor the Lord and then blow off what he's involved in. Hallelujah. Amen. In our day, many people have made the church, the house of the Lord, have made it optional. They've made it something that they'll do if they have time, if it fits in, if they feel like it in the moment. It's optional. They'll do it when they can, when they want to, when they don't want to. I'm just telling you guys, dishonorable. That is not how we honor the things of God. Amen. In other words, he said it's a big deal. We say, ah, you know, okay, when I can, if I have time, when, I, when it's convenient, we make it optional or we lightly esteem it. This dishonors God. He makes it heavy. They make it light. Remember, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus, we live in the era, the era, the church age, the age of grace. It's a 2,000 year window when the Lord said, I'm building my church. And yet we have some of us who have accepted the Lord and yet we make light of this church. It's not a big deal. It's unimportant. And I tell you, that's the opposite of God's heart. That is not after God's heart. That's opposite of God's heart. But we can, we, we can change these things. You know, uh, many churches today in our country, I don't know what it's like around the world, uh, but have, since the thing happened a couple years ago with that virus, or a few years ago now, uh, that many churches, I have pastor friends, that their attendance is half of what it was a few years ago. Half. And I understand that's pretty common, different percentages, different parts of the country. But many people who used to come together and honor the Lord and value what He is building in the earth are no longer doing so. There may be different reasons. They may be backslidden or may be afraid. They may have, have a different reason, but whatever they're doing, they are not sitting at home writing psalms about the house of the Lord and saying, that's the only place I want to be. They're not sitting home saying, I honor the Lord and his people and his gathering. They're, they may be saying, uh, you know, they may be saying like, you know, like dumb things. Like I can be a Christian, just as good a Christian as anybody else and not go to church. They may be saying dumb things like that. Stuff the Lord never said. Never inspired one writer to ever write that kind of stuff. Right? But they may be saying that. 
But I'm telling you, they're making themselves or have made themselves unusable. I know, you know, whatever it might be two and a half years ago now, the Lord dealt with me when these things were first going down and he directed me as to what we should do for our house. But then one of the things he said, tell people not to stay away because the devil will lie to them. And he will bring deception into their minds if they separate too long from being together. And many, most people, I think, responded uh, very well and they came and they denied the enemy access to their life. But, but listen, this is about, this really is about honoring. I'm not honoring the Lord. Doesn't matter if I sing him an honorable song, but yet what he is doing, what he is using all over the planet, I'm saying, ah, you know, when I get time, if I'm not busy, then I'll kind of roll it. We'll roll in, roll out, maybe roll in a little bit late, out a little bit early. During the altar call. <laughs> Whatever. That's not honoring God. You guys know that, right? See, one of the things that we should be aware of is that the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. Okay? Now, if you want to be my friend and you want to at the same time speak evil of my bride... You come complaining to me about my wife. How many know we're not close? You dishonor me by dishonoring her. Yeah. How many know when people are tempted, and this is very real, remember it's a strategy of the enemy, to dishonor the Lord, therefore making themselves light. When people speak against the church, and that's church is people, church is also a gathering, and I'm not just talking about our church here. Talking about the, all around the world. When people take it upon themselves to make judgments and criticize the church, they are hurting themselves way more than they realize. You think you're going to draw near to God? You're going to just pull up close to Him, yet speak evil of His bride? Hallelujah. That is not how these things work. That's not how, you, that's not how we walk close, closely with the Lord. So I know deception sets in. Some people, have you ever heard this one? They say, yeah, I'm done with the church. Uh, they're, they're just a bunch of hypocrites there. Okay, that's not as smart as you think that sounds. <laughs> that's like, I went to the gym the other day, and uh, I'm done. There were people there that were not in shape. Can you believe it? I mean, that place is all about fitness. And yet people come jiggling in there. Those hypocrites. Or maybe that's why that place exists. Maybe the church exists for hypocrites. Not to sustain it, but so the Lord can change us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, you know, I've noticed going, going to the gym, there's some people in there, they are fit, <laughs> solid, just rock hard. And it's like, and there are other people that are on the extreme other end of the scale. <laughs> this is kind of like church. 
Some people walk in close with the Lord and have been for a long time and someone else is just rolling in. Who's it for? It's for both. But never do I want to fall into the trap where I'm trying to honor the Lord yet dishonoring what He's doing. His main thing, the main event, He's using it all around the world. Local churches which put together as the church. And He's using it save, to heal, to restore, to deliver and make new, to bring joy where there's sorrow. Come on, peace for tomorrow. He's doing great things all across the land. I only want to be a supporter and a cheerleader. I want to be like David, a man of honor. Say, yeah, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Because this is the one thing I seek. Why, why do you seek that? Because that's where God's business is happening. That's what he's involved with. I mean, he's involved in things outside of the church, but, no, but there's no doubt that he is building the church all around the world. That's what Jesus said he would do. Now, David, if you know his story, he, uh, he had a, also some things in his life that were very dishonorable, right? He, David is also known for his mistake. And that was taking someone else's wife, that was then setting up her husband in battle to actually get killed on the battlefield, and that happened, and it was a shameful moment. It was a very dishonorable thing. But watch, without going into that too deep, the Lord sent his prophet to David and called him on the carpet, and there, were, there was repercussions to his action, but David's response to what he did, David's response to God dealing with him enabled him to continue as a man after God's own heart, even though that event was far from godly. And God did not approve it. He did not bless it. But David repented. But David came back. But David continued to value the things of God. And it gives hope for the rest of us, doesn't it? I tell you, this book is full of that kind of story. It's not about people who just had a perfect life from birth to death, but it's about people who have really messed things up and then the Lord rescued them and turned them. But they, they had to respond to him in a positive way because if you reject the Lord and reject the Lord and reject the Lord, you'll get what you get. You'll get what you want. But if you'll humble yourself under his mighty hand, he can take a messed up life and turn it around. And he can take you and put you in the fine china closet and say, this is for my use, my special purposes now. They are of eternal value to me. And any of us can go from a, a vessel of dishonor to a vessel of honor. Yes, yes we can. Amen? Amen. Praise God. He's helping us and gonna help us tremendously as we become more and more honorable in his kingdom. Amen.